I got to be honest, at this point in time, I do think that the U.S. men's national team uh, may score more points than the New York football Jets, uh, and mm. they don't need they don't need uh, any sort of uh, hockey young quarterbacks uh, to give any sort of weird uh, post game press conferences uh, to uh, yeah, to solidify them as being uh, as being more offensively capable than the jets. Now defensively, I don't know if the men's U S soccer team is good enough defensively to shut down uh, the way the jets defense is phenomenal. Uh, but I definitely think they can score more. I definitely USA this, can get four, four goals in uh, two games easily. And I so, think so. Um, I'm going to go I with think that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Zach Wilson afterwards, when asked if they, if, if he and the offense uh, didn't, were um what was the 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 correct phrasing of it was if it like do you were, feel that you guys didn't help the defense out yes like it they asked him basically it's like do you feel a little take the blame for you know not you know your defense held them technically to three points do you, oh, do you think you let them down did you let, let them the down, down let them down and he said, he said no. no but so like uh, that is such a layup like they're just giving you the opportunity right here to just be the leader of the team and be like, yep. absolutely. We can't ask our defense to allow fewer than 17 points a game, let alone three. Um, wow. So yeah, I mean, what a silly, silly response that, you know, we could have brought a uh, bold strategy back uh, for this one. For that we'll, one. we'll save it for another day. I but will yeah. say you and I, you and I are vindicated at, today is like a vindication day for the, Yes. People yes. who've been anti Zach Wilson from day one. I think we both, I was trying to look back in the analogs, the annals of history on this show. I know we did a, like a pre-draft ranking of those quarterbacks. I think we both had Zach Wilson five out of five. We might have. I, I If it was me, I might've had him four out of five, but I definitely had, I had it. Lawrence fields, Lance. And then maybe I had Zach and, and Mac. I definitely, five, but I don't feel, remember, but I definitely feel that way as well. I feel strongly that it was, it was that way. We'll have to look. I know it's out there somewhere. And we'll honestly, I think we have enough now to like make a, uh, make yeah. an informed opinion. Like, I think we really Lance can say the only that one who you, not you have, Lance is the only one you can't have a, a, a strong opinion on yet. You, yeah. you know, Lance, Lance, it's like, okay, there's, I, I still want to see, I, I got to give this guy at least 10 more starts. I got to see a healthy, quarterback you know for him starting you know until you know eight nine ten games next year uh but yeah no zach wilson mac jones if i'm a, if i'm a fan of those franchises right now i i feel really confident like i, I mean i know as a bears fan where you can like the guy and you can see the flashes but also feel like this is not uh the person who is going to be in that position if we're winning a super bowl like it, it just, it just feels that way. And, and honestly, after Sunday night football last night, it, 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 it's really Patrick Mahomes is so good and bad for the NFL because he, he gives you that clarity, right? Like you look at him and you watch yeah. him play and you go, wait a minute, my guy has to beat that guy. you could say okay well no one can really beat that guy he's won he's won one 
but can your guy at least go toe-to-toe? Can he do what Justin Herbert did, and then you hope things break the right way? And if your guy can't at least do that, then you know you probably don't have the guy uh, to be your you know long-term answer at the quarterback position. It's that age-old phrase of the it factor, and I think yeah. it's something that people can see sooner rather than later in most of their yeah. quarterbacks. You know, it's interesting. Sean Payton was on the herd today and I was listening to Sean Payton. He does like 20 minutes, 25 minutes with Colin on Mondays. And it's really interesting stuff to listen to just because Sean Payton, I think is a really fascinating, smart guy. Who's still so in tune with the NFL. And he phrased it like this. He's like, when we were in new Orleans, we would talk about uh, guys on our rosters being like, are they in that position when we win our next Super Bowl? Like, you're always thinking, like, what's your window? And when we win our next Super Bowl, which you're always hoping is in the next two or three years, is that guy in that position when we win our next Super Bowl? And you start to look at it and you just, if you're a Jets fan, I don't know how you can honestly say, yes, Zach Wilson is, he's my quarterback if we win our next, when we're winning our next Super Bowl. I, right now, I just don't see it. Pat, Patriots, I'd say the same for Jags and Bears fans. I think you could argue it's it's close. You can make the case for both of them to be like, yes, um, if other things are built up around them, um, you know, I think about if Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence had that Jets defense right now. Well, that's oh, what I was going to say. I mean, and not just the defense, but, I mean, they've got great weapons on offense too. And, um, you know, before Brees Hall went down with the injury, he was looking like a dynamite, you know, rookie running back there as well. I mean, they've got, they've got tools there and um, – and, and we're winning some football games, appear to have a good head coach. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to write this. If this was part of their full rebuild and they have st- they have now the past few seasons stockpiled on those draft picks, they're going to have to pivot yeah. real quick before they just find themselves with a lot of really good players, but no quarterback to actually get them anywhere. Yeah, and your window, as you saw with the Bears in 2018, it's it's a similar vibe where it's like, Oh, this is something. And, but that window, when you have that young quarterback, it's such a tight, small window. Look what the Rams did. I mean, well, you got to keep going up that track yeah. because the second you start to taper off, you're going way down. And that is what happened with the Bears. They had and their he, height of heights in 2018 and then just fell, fell off the cliff. The, the, and and it, it's so, it's so true. Like in the NFL, we all know there's two ways to win. You have the generational all time top five quarterback or you have a good young quarterback on a rookie deal that you can then pay everyone else around them. I guess, you know, but that those windows close so quick and guys get old in the NFL so quick. Look at Melvin Gordon just got cut today. Feels like just yesterday, Melvin Gordon was negotiating a big contract with the chargers. And now it's like, he's, I I don't think who claims him. Where is he? Where does he go? I mean, it happens so quick in the NFL. It really does. It's a, you know, what have you done for me lately business, right? It's the most um, instantly, you know, accountable business because they're just, they can't, people can't afford to roll you out there. I mean, we saw like the third round pick for the Steelers last year was Kendrick Green out of uh, Illinois. And they need, they were in desperate situations. He had to be their starting center. Was their starting center all year as a rookie, a third round pick this year literally was on the cut bubble He's like the third string guard at this point. So it's like, you know, they, they couldn't afford to double down with a guy like yeah. that. Uh, it was a third round pick. They're like, no, we got, it wasn't working. We, we have to move on. And that's the NFL is very much like that. Baseball 
you can hide guys in your lineup. You can make up for a lack of power with a Bryce Harper addition. Yep. You, you can you can offset guys a lot easier um, than a you bunch can of individuals playing a team sport. The NFL is just it doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. It does not. It does not. So that brings us to our week eleven recap here on the football lounge with Mark and Dan. Mark mentioned the Melvin Gordon uh, being cut. We had a, a couple other uh, unfortunate uh, items of news, that being uh, the biggest one, uh, star tight end Kyle Pitts uh, now is out for the season. He's going to have season-ending surgery. From Eddie Jackson. A real bad shot there. And um, this is almost a, you know, the season that wasn't for Kyle Pitts and the Falcons, really. Um, this just shuts him down. He's going to obviously torn ACL, MCL, excuse me. He's going to. Uh, be back, ready to go the start of next season. But this was kind of the direction the Falcons were going, not, of course, with injuries, but just in the fact that there was nothing promising yeah. on the horizon this year. And uh, especially for a guy who's as talented, they used the number four overall pick on him. This is um, this is a moment to just, you know, step back, get him super healthy for next year. Hopefully you get your quarterback right, whether it's in the draft or you find something in Desmond Ritter that you have. Um, but that's what's going to happen there with the Atlanta Falcons without their starting tight end for the rest of the season. Uh, um, meanwhile, I, and we'll talk more about this in the Chiefs game, but uh, he has the second longest win streak uh, by a starting quarterback in road division games since the merger. Um, he's 14 and 0 in road games crazy. in the division. That's wild. I, I heard when they were saying that stat, I mean, undefeated in November, December also insane yeah, that is yeah that's unbelievable. but you haven't lost a road divisional game and it's not like the afc west is the you know afc east when the patriots are dominating or the or the nfc north when the packers are dominating the years past like they, they there's some decent teams like chargers you know he had to play philip rivers and then right into you know herbert and then uh uh you know the 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 raiders made the playoffs last year you know what i mean like the, the broncos have been you know kind of up and down and pretty, pretty down since good Mahomes defense, started, though. but good defense. It's not like they've been inept. Uh, it is um, Mahomes is, he is that guy. You, you're not that guy, pal. He is that guy, pal. And <laughs> uh, uh, it was a great video, but uh, he is that guy, pal. And uh, last night was another, just a great example of it. Um, uh, you another know, great honey, example of why he's the, the best in the league right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely. Very clear. And then uh, to circle back to the Falcons real quick, uh, Cordero Patterson had a 103-yard return touchdown. Yeah. So now he has nine kickoff returns. That is the most in NFL history. I know most a lot of people were confused return, with yeah. the Devin Hester news, but, yes, Devin Hester is the most combined returns with punt, punt and kickoff. kickoff. Yeah. Um, Patterson now is – but I will say, though, Devin's the GOAT. There's no question about it. He's the greatest return yeah. of all time. Probably will be because especially the way kickoffs are going, that we're not going to have another dynamic uh, person in that position. Cordero was one of the closest things we had seen to Devin Hester, though, even in the last, like, 30 years yeah. to compare him to. Cordero would be the guy to get this. Like, I, good for him because he is a really good returner. Well, I'll say this about Cordero. He also just different style. You think of Devin and Dion. Uh, Hall, like smaller, insanely fast, shifty hips guys. Cordell Parison's a big athlete. Like he is downhill, straight line speed, one cut, can give a shoulder and he's gone. Like so, 
Cordell is always fun to watch because he just did it a little differently as well. And I think that's what makes him so unique in the kick return game as opposed to the punt return. Like punt, it's all about you have no momentum. You're starting from a standstill. And then it's about making moves, making guys miss, finding those tight windows and squeezing through. That's what I think is so special about Hester and, and like Dion and those guys versus Cordero. It's like, I'm catching this ball with a head of steam and I'm going to one cut someone and just boom, gone. Uh, and he did it to the bears. I mean, it, he is, uh, he's, he, he's one of those unique NFL players that uh, probably won't be in the hall of fame, but he's just, it's, he's really, really fun to watch. And a, uh, and that, you know, an all time great at what he does. Multi purpose for sure. Yeah. Kind of like a Taysom Hill, uh, but a little, you know, yeah. a, um, a rich man's Taysom Hill, if you will. We also had the first punt return touchdown of the season, but we'll get to that when we get to the game. So let's start real quick with Thursday. Packers at home against the Titans. Tennessee wins by 10. This was, um, you know, a, this was a really signature win of the season for Ryan Tannehill. Really played extremely well, outplayed Aaron Rodgers at the quarterback position for sure. And then Derrick Henry, uh, of course, doing Derrick Henry things in this one. But, you know, it stood out was just, once again, the Packers reverting back, I mean, riding the high from last week and just how, you know, it was like, oh, the, the offense has returned. And then no yeah. week, week comes back. They're at home against a vulnerable Titans defense, really. And just absolutely no momentum out of it at all. I mean, Christian Watson seems to be developing at a, at an accelerated pace, but they don't, they, they're just so out of sync. And the one, two punch of AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones is not remotely what we expected it to be. It's just been Aaron Jones. Um, they, they just, they don't have a rhythm. They don't have an identity and Aaron Rodgers is sulking yet again. The vibes is just such a vibes game, honestly. Like I know that seems stupid, but you, you, if you watch this game, you know what I'm saying. I watched uh, the whole second half of this game, and it is just weird. Like the Packers look like a bunch of people that don't want to be around each other. They look like the Bucks like four weeks ago when the Bucks were like, "Oh Jesus, he's getting divorced. We know he's getting divorced, and this is so awkward." Uh, like when they're just kind of not making eye contact and like, "Oh, this I don't want to be here." That's what the Packers feel like. And I actually enjoyed seeing Rodgers yelling at LaFleur a little bit, like, all right, let's get something going here, get a little passion. But on the other sideline, you have a Titans team that just looks like a bunch of dudes that have a clear leader, a clear direction, and they care. Like, they showed up, and they it's, – it's weird. I know because football's X's and O's and execution. And Ryan Tannehill was sharp. Ryan Tannehill is limited, but Ryan Tannehill um, – uh, looked really good in big pressure situations at times in that game. And again, Derrick Henry, uh, they have an identity. Like they know what they're doing and they stick to it. The Packers have no identity. The vibes are all off. They, everyone seems like they hate each other. Uh, I officially uh, declared the Packers dead on my Saturday show. Uh, I think it's, I mean, listen, if, would it shock any of us if the Packers won five of six or went six and zero? Oh? I guess not because it's Aaron Rodgers. He's a two-time back-to-back MVP. I mean, he's a multiple-time MVP, but back-to-back. Um, but they, I mean, they need they need a ton of help, and they need to get right really soon. They do have this mini buy, so they've been off in, since Thursday, and they don't play till Sunday night. So I think that's huge for them. You saw what happened with the Bears when they got their mini buy; like they just reworked their offense. They're like, so maybe the Packers can do that. 
Christian Watson's interesting. He's becoming a kind of a utility guy. I don't think he's a great receiver yet. Uh, what the Packers really need is that guy who's like, I can get you eight catches and like five of them are on third down and helping you move the chains. They don't have that guy. It's good that Watson can be an over-the-top threat because Rodgers throws a beautiful deep ball. They need that. Uh, but uh, huge win for the Titans. The Titans, uh, you know, once again, proving they're a great regular season team. Packers, I think their season is dead. I, I don't see them going 6-0 and or 5-1. and I think they will miss the playoffs. Yeah, I think so, too, at this point, which is crazy. The NFC North is shaping up a lot differently than I kind of saw it yeah. uh, coming into the year, mainly because of Green Bay. Uh, but also even just like the Bears and, and the Lions as well. So let's go to the Bears on the road at the Falcons, uh, dropping a close one, 27-24, and in a game where, again, Justin Fields uh, yeah. played really well, had some great moments. We saw that you know uh, tweet by Barstool Big Cat where saying the box score watchers won't understand yep. uh, because he covered you know 60 yards in the backfield and made a play uh, happen, and that's just kind of who the guy is. That is the it factor we were talking about. He has made some splash for this team. I think you can feel comfortable. We've talked about this um, with him and his development. And it comes in a loss. You weren't expecting much this year. So I imagine you're probably actually a little happy with the outcome. But uh, I'll let you kind of explain it. Well, listen, I mean, I predicted the Bears to squeak into the playoffs because I, I thought Justin Fields would take a leap in year two and they would be and it would be a good build. And clearly the, the front office had other ideas. I mean, you look at the Bears, the Bears that I predicted to make the playoffs were the Bears that beat the Patriots on Monday Night Football a couple weeks ago was when they their defense is good enough with the veterans and Roquan Smith leading it to, like, make some plays and their offense would figure it out and Justin Fields would take leaps. They What they turn into, though, is, is basically this off, this front office saying, we need, we can fix this thing really quickly overnight if we get really bad. And they've gotten really bad on defense. Now, there's some bright spots. The secondary, I think, is still very good. Seaborn, uh, uh, Sanborn, excuse me, he's been a nice little surprise in the middle linebacker spot. Um, but they have zero uh, depth and, and playmakers along the front four. You need two new elite defensive tackles. Jones is very good, but he'd be like your third guy, rotational, come on in. To, to back up your your two, you know, pro bowlers. And you need two elite edge rushers to run that Matt Eberflus defense. Till they get that, um, this defense will continue to give up 30 points a game. I mean, they're just they're just not capable of getting pressure. And in the modern NFL, if you cannot get pressure, he does not you could have Troy Palomalu and Ronnie Lott back there, you know what I mean, Champ Bailey, and you're gonna give up a ton of yards because you cannot cover these guys for forever the way the rules are. So um, the other thing, obviously, is Justin Fields. Now the injury, the shoulder. I am, I'm a hundred percent now okay with Justin Fields. You, you, you sit him for the next three to four weeks. Get him back healthy for the Packers game, so you can like beat the Packers last couple games on the season and feel good about that. Um, you know what I mean? Um, what is I'm, the the prognosis? I I haven't seen much shoulder. on him today, so no. They, I mean, I've already heard some stuff that you know they're at the Jets next week. Left shoulder, uh, nothing that I've seen like definite, but you know yeah, it yeah, looks okay, like okay. though it could be a, a little meniscus, you know, uh, some cartilage in the left shoulder uh, or a sprain, AC joint type of thing. This is non throwing shoulder, but at this point in time, again, it, it, you uh, Barstool Big Cat nailed it. 
if you're just checking the box score, you're going to be, you're going to question Justin Fields. But if you watch the games, there's no question about Justin Fields. He's your franchise quarterback. And I do think the bears are in a, it's weird to say it, but if you look at those teams in the top, like five, six draft picks, who would you want to be more than the bears right now? They have draft capital. They have a more cap space than everyone. And they have their franchise quarterback. Right. I mean, right, yes, right. like it, yes. Uh, you know, there's some interesting prospects with Young and 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 CJ Stroud, but at this point in time, what you're actually watching Justin Fields do the NFL defense is is incredible. And he's coming a long ways to throw her, the throw to Komet, the throw to Montgomery down the sideline, the throw to Mooney. He just missed it. Uh the, the touchdown throw to Mooney was terrific. A lot of exciting things. I'm pro now sitting Justin Fields. And for the Falcons, again, they proved they're really feisty. And I think Ritter, again. Arthur Smith said they brought it up in the broadcast, like, oh, maybe we'll see Ritter. And he's like, well, yeah, no, we, you know, remember Ritter is, uh, he's basically preparing to be a starter. He's been one step away from being our starter all season, basically saying like, there's still a reason why he's not playing in yeah, the games. Yeah. And so uh, I know uh, at this point in time, I think the bears of the third pick in the draft, they're in a great spot because they don't need a quarterback. There's going to be a quarterback needy team who might trade up. They could get a bunch of extra picks or they could take the left tackle from Northwestern. So I'm feeling great about the bears. Uh, even though uh, as long as the shoulder injury stuff is not too serious and it's more like a sprain and sit him for two weeks. Um, let, uh, let uh, uh, what's his name from uh, Northwestern get eaten alive behind the bears offensive line. Uh, that'll be, that'll be fine. This is not good news for my fantasy Same. football team, Mark. We need to I, – I, I advocate for Roland Fields back out there. True. I do have Fields as my starting quarterback as well. Yeah. Yeah. He, he went from, like, the worst uh, quarterback you want to enter the season with in, in fantasy to uh, the number one guy for sure. Uh, the Bills at home in Detroit uh, yes. after that uh, snowstorm in Buffalo – they get a 31-23 win over the Cleveland Browns in a weird kind of storyline because I'd say the first half of this game was like, okay, this is actually close. And, um, you know, Cleveland's hanging in there. And then the final score didn't actually do justice to how much of a butt whooping this was kind of down the stretch. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the Browns score 13 in the fourth quarter to make it a little bit closer than, you know, what it was. But it still was a, a close game relatively throughout. Uh, but the Bills really needed to get this win here to kind of get back on track. They moved to 7-3. and three. Browns fall to 3-7 and seven now. They've got one, one week left uh, before uh, Deshaun Watson comes in. So, look, I mean, at this point, the Browns are completely out of it. Uh, they're not getting to the playoffs, even if Deshaun Watson uh, goes undefeated. It's just not going to happen. Um but meanwhile, the Bills getting back on track. I thought this was a you know an important one for them, and they had some glimpses of a run game here with Devin Singletary and company that uh, has been kind of evading them for a little while. So overall, thought it was a good win for Buffalo and uh, Cleveland. It's just you know it's uh, there's just not much to uh, comment on with with the Browns right now. Mega win for the Bills just to stop the bleeding. You don't want a three game losing streak in the middle of your season. Uh, you know the Bills. It's all important for them to get the one seed. So. Keep trying to stack wins. They have the tiebreaker over Kansas City. I believe, yeah, they beat Kansas City. And so that is, uh, th that's what it's all about. Now you got to, they got to worry a little bit about Miami in division, you know, because Miami's right there with them. Uh, but 
I wasn't shocked to see the Bills start slow. I mean, they had to go through a lot this week. Yeah, Six feet of snow. Some of the video you're seeing is crazy. Um, for Barely the Browns. Out of Buffalo. Yeah, I know. If I were the Bills, I'd just stay in Detroit. They play Thanksgiving. And now all of a sudden, though, that Lions game is, is looking tougher. We're going to talk about them in a second here. Um, so Buffalo staying sharp. But if they can uh, get, you know, basically three wins in two weeks, because I think they play the Jets after Detroit. I'm not sure if you look at their schedule. That real quick. But, you know, it's like Cleveland, Detroit, someone else, where it's like when you looked at that at the beginning of the year, you thought, oh, okay, and, you know, three easy wins in like literally the span of two weeks because of the Thursday, you know, Thanksgiving. That can help them. All of a sudden we'll feel more confident about this Bills team, you know, kind of riding the ship using these three. Is it the Jets? It's Lions, Patriots, and then the Jets. So uh, Lions on uh, Thanksgiving oh, okay. so and then Patriots on December 1st. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's kind of a four game stretch for them. You know, Browns, Lions, Patriots, Jets. Can they, can they make it through this stretch unscathed and all of a sudden have a four game winning streak after a two game losing streak? You'll feel really good about it. It's a great first step in the direction. I agree with you. The Browns, nothing to say. I Except for this, I, I do think that Deshaun Watson coming back will be really interesting from this standpoint. Russell Wilson and the Broncos, we'll talk about them soon. And it's been an utter disaster. Disaster. And they are they're locked in. Like, what the hell do they do? So, if the Browns get Deshaun back and it it's not good, and, you know, again, he's going to have to knock off a ton of rust. But if by the end of the year, I mean, he doesn't stack two or three nice wins together and play really, really well, the Browns could feel a lot like the Broncos at this point and be like, what the hell do we do? Like, what? Obviously, they'll they'll have a better excuse like, okay, fresh start, full offseason, everything rolling, you know, adding uh, draft, you know, adding, uh, you know, uh, free agents and, and things. But they don't have picks. Their cap is going to become a disaster. And, uh, and, uh, and so you could get really nervous in Cleveland if the Deshaun coming back thing doesn't go well as far as play on the field and stacking wins. I'm just going to, I want to get ahead of that story because with the Broncos, it's a mess. It's a nightmare and their fans are spinning in, in, in their heads. Like they don't know what to do. The Browns could be in that scenario by the end of the year too. And I found it interesting that they decided not to uh, trade uh, Kareem Hunt when he was requesting to be traded yeah. you could use all the capital that you need and you're just he's not especially this year has not been the impactful player for them that he was even last year as a dual threat behind Nick Chubb so why not collect a third rounder or a fourth rounder for him and uh and, and get some more of that draft capital that one didn't make much sense to me Patriots at home against the Jets nobody wanted to win this game it was three to three the entire time my apologies to anyone who was uh whose CBS <laughs> was carrying this game for you because it was just brutal and then right at the end the Jets uh punt and the punt is returned by Marcus Jones to the house in in the most Jets fashion imaginable they lose this one in those final seconds on that 84 yard punt return touchdown 10 to three the final there and amazingly with as bad of a loss as it was the jets only dropped to six and four on the season and you're like okay well i mean you're like you're not totally out of it and they're four and one uh on the road and you know there's there's a lot of uh surprisingly good things uh if, if you're a jets fan 
Uh, but uh, like we talked about earlier, the quarterback is still going to be their Achilles heel. And I think, too, I think we learned a lot about it, just that Mac Jones isn't going to be it either. He's not yeah. going to be the dude. I, I don't want to spend too much time talking to quarterbacks. I think you know our thoughts. We started the show strongly on it. I will say this, though. the It is interesting you start looking ahead playoff positioning because both these teams are in the playoffs right now. The Patriots, I, I do feel strong about them being able to stack some wins together because it's got to be Manning as a Patriots fan to watch that game because you at least have a quarterback who's playing efficiently and can show you that he can play the position, but everything is dink, dunk, dink, dunk, dink, and there's no, there's just no big playability right now for this Patriots offense. There's no easy score ability. So you're kind of like, great, we won, but what is the end game with this team? Like, you're going to get blown out by a Chiefs, by a Bills, by a Ravens, uh, you know, a team that can score points, a Miami in the playoffs, right? Uh, if you're uh, – and so, yes, I agree. Mac Jones, to me, does not feel like the guy. I think Mac Jones and I do think Zach Wilson will be the starters for their teams next year unless Bill Belichick does something drastic, and I could see him doing that. Look for Bill. I mean, you talk about an unhappy Aaron Rodgers, an unhappy Derek Carr. Would it shock any of us? An unhappy Tom Brady. If the if the Patriots were willing, they're an organization built to handle. Oh, we're tossing our first round pick aside and we're bringing in this quarterback. Like they're they're built to handle that because of Bill Belichick. Um, but I do think. I mean, they're just in a position where Wilson and and if you're the Jets, you have to ride this out with Zach Wilson. I mean, you invested the second overall pick in him. Um, and um, he doesn't even have 18 games under his belt yet, even though I think we all see the writing on the wall. For the Jets, this is interesting, though. There, I think there's a little more pressure from the fan base. This is a fan base star for a playoff appearance. The Patriots are not. And they have a, a, a defense that could absolutely steal you a game or two in the postseason. I mean, this is a defense that is being coached extremely well, very young and very explosive. And you can make the argument that they would have won that game if they played Joe Flacco. Now, is the, is the ceiling any different for the Jets if they play Joe Flacco the rest of the year? I think it's a slight difference. I think it's like a, hey, we maybe could upset someone in the first round, but we're still not going anywhere. And then you're admitting basically like we need to find a, a new quarterback. So I think you have to ride it out with Zach Wilson, but I do think the jets are in a, in a precarious position because their schedule is so easy. Dan, if you bring up their schedule, it's super easy down the stretch. And like you look at a Cincinnati who I think is a better team, but their schedule is brutal down the stretch. And you're talking about these limited playoff yeah, spots in the, by far. in the AFC. And so the jets could make the playoffs. The Bengals could miss the playoffs. The Bengals are a much better team, I think, than the Jets. But just the way the schedules have worked out, and um, and and so it's a weird, weird place to be in. But you're going to learn everything about Zach Wilson by the end of the year. We will have a hundred percent definite on Zach Wilson. And I will add this final thing: for a team right now that is in position to make the playoffs because the schedule's really easy. I don't know if you can read off a couple of the games. Yeah, so they they got the Bears next at home, we which is a winnable game for the Jets. And it's it's probably without Justin Fields. Their hardest stretch uh, for the rest of the year comes after that. They're on the road at the Minnesota and then at Buffalo. But then it's Lions, Jaguars, Seahawks, 
and then they finished the season at Miami. So those yeah. three games and then the Bears game, the, You're the at four, four remaining games are very winnable. You're talking about so, four wins so. for a six-win team. In the AFC, 10 wins probably get you in. But I will say this. You have receivers and people speaking up in that locker room basically right now that the vibes, vibes again, not good in the locker room. And Zach Wilson, I haven't heard him speak today, but they usually have a press conference. He needs to try to write this immediately by coming out and saying, listen, I was wrong to say that. I was emotional in the moment. Obviously, my play in the offense, we need to be better. Our defense is amazing. Shout out to those guys. Shout out to my wide receivers. He needs to start doing some real damage control because if the vibes are off going into a Bears where they and they undercount the Bears and Trevor Simeon, this Bears can just run the ball like all of a sudden uh, and they lose that game, the wheels could fall off the Jets season really quickly. Uh, I, I, I feel like it's teetering just because of the locker room seems to be turning on their quarterback and their quarterback sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't help his case at all. He he dug his grave for himself in uh, in that one, and then you know the injury earlier in the year didn't help. And there's just uh, you know, it's a lot of moving parts here. But yeah, I I think there's just uh, some youth uh, involved there, and it, it's uh, we you, if you don't have your teammates respect and trust, that's a really hard thing to overcome. Absolutely. The Saints, meanwhile, get a win at home. The, over the Rams, the, the Rams are just a team that has uh, just been completely it's over now. and decimated. It's over yeah, now. It's, the, the season is lost for L.A., which is crazy to think that the defending champs have had such a precipitous fall. Uh, you know, Cooper Cup got hurt and uh, done for the year last week. And then, you know, you come back out here, you know, Stafford, you know, gets hurt again. And it's just there, there's so many – uh, things with uh, with LA that just aren't working. If I if I were LA, I would just it, Matt. You're getting healthy completely. Like I would shut him down, and uh, and just go the rest of the season as is. Try and figure out who your running back for next year is going to be because they haven't figured that out. Try and find some semblance of room. Meanwhile, the Saints are continuing to get it done with Andy Dalton, so it's clear they're going to stick with him. Uh, the rest of the way, despite them still only being four and seven, they've won games yeah. with him. Chris Olave already, you know, a superstar wide receiver in this league. So, um, you know, the takeaway is this is what happens when you, when you make teams real top heavy and you get guys like a Von Miller last year that they went and got, it's a one-year rental, but you're spending a lot of money and, you go and get a Matt Stafford, but he is aging and he, you know, was bringing lingering effects of an injury into this season. You try and insert Allen Robinson, who we all thought was going to go off this year that, you know, he's a little bit older wide receiver too. He's certainly not going to get much better uh, at this point. So they are an older team overall. I'd love to see the metrics on like the oldest teams in the league. They got to be up there. And uh, I think that has played a part in it. You know, the Super Bowl hangover, whatever you want to make of it, um, I just think the team is out of sync and, and their biggest issue, I think all year long has been, they have not been able to run the ball remotely yeah. effectively. And that makes it near impossible to be able to pass too. So yeah, lost season for the Rams. Uh, and I would just shut things down and get healthy for next year. Cause Matt, Matt's going to be the guy for the next, you know, they would hope four years, I would imagine. So absolutely agree. I think if you're the Rams, I know you don't have any picks, you have nothing to gain, but you, you've got to just, shut it down. Absolutely. Let the rest of the season run out. 
And if you're the Rams, it's not the worst thing in the world because you, you banners fly forever, right? You get to claim that you say, all right, listen, we had health issues. It fell apart on us this year. I mean, realistically what the Rams have to do is not much. They've got to find a, a new left tackle and they got to find maybe one other interior offensive lineman in that guard center guard world to add like two legit great starters and then they don't have to be all pro, all world, but just two really good starters. You can find one in the, in the with one of their draft picks maybe, or LA's a free agent destination, right? Get get Stafford the surgeries he needs now. Get everyone the surgeries they need now. And this Rams team absolutely will be right back in the thick of things in the NFC next year at this time, if they can do all that, and then find themselves a running back. And, and if Sean McVay and the Rams are crafty, there's plenty of running backs out there available um, to help them just get through the rest of this year and then to find the guy for next year. Um, and they need to, if, if I'm McVay and I'm the Rams, I spend the rest of the year trying different things, uh, trying different pieces. I, you know, empty out the playbook and and work on a bunch of different stuff. And you say to your team, you legitimately say to them, guys, you know, for the new guys in this team, like, sorry, this season didn't work out. Um, this year just it fell apart on us, and uh, we are 100% committed to being back in the Super Bowl conversation next year, and they very well can be. For the Saints, they're in a, a more of a loss because they don't have their picks, but they don't have a banner. Like, they, they don't have to fall back on the banner and say, hey, we can rebuild this. The Saints are a team, though, it is primed, and I think this is maybe why they're sticking with Dalton. They are primed basically to say to the rest of the NFL, maybe like the Patriots, we are a free agent quarterback destination. We're not drafting someone, but if you are an unhappy Aaron Rodgers, we are a willing trade partner. We are an unhappy Derek Carr. We are a willing trade partner. Cause if you have a healthy next year, you know, uh, Landry, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara with that in new Orleans, like, that's 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 a lot of what guys are looking for. You know what I mean in the free agent trade destination market. So that's got to be their only chance at this point in time. And then to try to find ways to make sure they have picks and things to draft their next future quarterback in the years to come. Saints are in a weird weird spot. I I, I um I don't know how I'd feel if I was a Saints fan sticking with Dalton, unless the organization's just so clearly like we don't even we. Jameis isn't on any sort of deal. You don't owe Jameis anything, but they clearly have made the decision. Jameis will not be a part of the franchise moving forward. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think a lot of quarterbacks will want to go. Plus, there's a, it's a winnable division, and that's enticing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Lions go on the road and shock the Giants. Huge win. Big, big win for Dan Campbell and company. Two road games in a row. He can't stop winning road games. <laughs> they are they are on a tear right now, and uh, and it just seems to be getting better for things in Detroit. No, but all serious, though, I mean, they, they put up 31 points looking like the offense that was, you know, the first month of the season where they were just exploding with points week in and week out and Jared Goff and all this stuff. And, you know, DeAndre Swift wasn't uh, a massive factor, but Jamal Williams scored twice in this one. Yeah. Uh, so there are, you know, aspects of Detroit getting back to itself and, you know, the giants, I think, I think this is just a, a, a little bit of, of a showcase on maybe what their ceiling, uh, how their ceiling is capped 
Um, you know, I don't think this is a performance that is indicative of who they are as a team overall. But I, it does go to show that they are more than capable of having games like this. You know, Daniel yeah. Jones threw two picks uh, against a pretty poor Lions defense. And I think that just goes to show that, you know, Daniel Jones still isn't the guy that's like elevating everyone to an extent that Joe Burrow did early in his career or even Herbert. And so that's what you're going to get sometimes. And when you get a bad game like that and lose the turnover battle, that's going to lead to a, to a loss like this 31 18 for New York, but they're still seven and three It's still very much in the thick of things in the NFC East. But, you know, we talked earlier, like at the beginning of the season, when you got to win the games you're supposed to win, like this is one that the giants really wish they had back because they'd be eight and two and really in good positioning in the East. Now they're going to have to really fight because, you know, obviously the Eagles and the Cowboys aren't going anywhere. I'll say this. I feel great about this game. I called this one on my Saturday show and I had this feeling. And what I said on Saturday, uh, it's one of those where, listen, we're dumb and we don't like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, Brian Baldinger or any of the guys who you watch break down tape. Uh, Mitchell You're not Schwartz using a or, spoon. Yeah. To, uh, or like you know, Dan Orlovsky who can really break down the tape for you. But I think there were some things that to me were obvious about this game and they all rang true. Like, when it came down to it, who did you trust to make the big throws and to make enough throws? And Jared Goff managed that game really, really well. The Lions have an identity. They ran the hell out of the football uh, in a more traditional style. The the Giants, uh, they seemed out of sorts. Daniel Jones, when he was forced to throw the football, made a couple really bad decisions and looked very, very uh, inept at times. Uh, when Daniel Jones, that box score is like, he threw it 44 times. It's like, well, you, there you go. The giants lost the game. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah, that's yeah. a bad recipe for the giants and a, a big win for the lions. The lions aren't out of this thing yet. As far as I think, um, you know, being feisty and upsetting people. I don't, I don't see the Lions making the playoffs, but would it shock anyone now if the lions really put up a fight at home against the bills on Thanksgiving? I think the line is already like eight points. Like I could absolutely see the Lions covering that. They run the ball really well. Jared Goff is smart with the football. He doesn't turn it over a ton. And they play with a real identity. And um, so credit to the Lions. And for the Giants, I think this was a coming down to earth game. And if your other teams, you look at this game and you just say, listen, we gotta, we just gotta make Daniel Jones throw the football. Get a lead, make Daniel Jones throw the football, and the Giants are pretty easy to beat. Yeah, yeah, very true. And meanwhile, some bad news for New York. Wandale Robinson going to be lost yeah, for the rest of tough. the year, too. So he, he was having kind of a breakout rookie campaign himself. The Ravens at home, a 10-point win. Uh, this is kind of one of those situations it was where, you know, you win uh, any way you can get a win. And that's kind of what Baltimore does really well is finds a way to scrap and pull out close games. It was uh, three nothing Ravens for the first half. Then it was three three, going into the fourth quarter, and uh, then that's when the Ravens scored their ten points to to put them ahead on top. So I mean, you don't feel great about you know Baltimore uh, against a, a lowly Panthers team. Uh, meanwhile, Baker Mayfield was back at the helm doing his thing again. Uh, they haven't announced who's going to be the quarterback this upcoming week in Carolina. Not that it matters a whole heck of a lot, uh, but for Baltimore. At the end of the day, you can't fault them. They got to win. Yeah. 
No, I mean, I feel this way, and we'll talk about the the, the Eagles here soon. I feel similarly, so I'm just uh, foreshadowing this. You know, at times you just got to, you know, you're going to win ugly. Like, it's the NFL. Like, there are times you just don't have it for whatever reason. But the important thing is the good teams, teams have a chance to win the Super Bowl and to make a playoff run. Like, they found a way to win that game. They're like, all right, we were huge favorites. This team has come in. They clearly saw the press clippings. Uh, they have an interim coach who's getting them fired up. And uh, they came to play, and we, you know, sluggish, slow. But, you know, you get a W, you find a way to win the game. So uh, big for Baltimore. And for Carolina, they continue on the right path. They are uh, all systems go for the one or two overall pick. It's exactly where they need to be. Yeah, they got to get themselves a quarterback because uh, unless they are that free agent destination that someone wants to go to, they're going to they're gonna have yeah. to. I, I – I think at this point you got to stop trying to patch things up and just get the rookie in there and, and yeah. find with the help. And, and and Caroline has the chance to do, unlike I don't know what the Texans will do, but like they have the chance to get the coach and the quarterback at the same time, put them on the yeah, same yeah. contract, and that's a that's a desirable thing if you're a franchise or a general manager when you're starting about you know kind of starting fresh. You spoke about the Eagles, so we'll go to that. The Eagles with yeah. a one point slim victory over the Indianapolis Colts. This one also kind of a weird, interesting game as the Colts jumped out on top early. And then it was kind of just like a lot of field goals until the fourth quarter where the Eagles started to kind of work their way back. And then Jalen Hurts gets the go-ahead touchdown with under two minutes to go in the game. And uh, that extra point gets them the win. This was like a tale like the Colts could never like punch it in. They had to settle for a ton of field goals in this one. And then at the end of the day, like the Eagles, even if, even in a game where they didn't perform terribly well, like if you let them remotely hang in there, then they're going to find a way to break it open. I mean, AJ Brown had an uncharacteristic day, had a fumble, um, but still at the end of the day, they found a way to win. And of course it was Jalen Hurts to get it done. Yeah. And, and again, that's how exactly I feel. People want to be like, Oh, the Eagles, like, Oh, you know, hating on the Eagles. It's like, I, listen, this the Colts aren't that bad either. I mean, they're really not, you know. It makes me feel even better about the Eagles. You you come off a disappointing loss on Monday night, and then you have a short week against a team that is now, you know, completely revamping energy, identity, and uh you're on the road and you and you you know, you battle for a victory. Um this is the type of thing it's like, no, I'm glad they won this game. Like seeing them win this game. If they if they lost this game, I'd be like, oh, this is bad because now it's a two-game losing streak. Now it's like they don't know how to win close. Uh, they're struggling in these grind-out games, but they were in a grinded-out game at home. They lost that one. They went on the road in a grinded-out game, and they found a way to win. Yeah, Hurts wasn't great, but again, the only quarterback right now in the NFL that seems to play great every week is Patrick Mahomes. Like That's the list. So I'm not going to be overly critical when Hurts has an uncharacteristic game, Brown has an uncharacteristic game, but they found a way to win. Still very high in the Eagles. The Bengals dropped 37 on Pittsburgh, 37 to 30 in a game where really it felt like the defense from Steelers was playing super well despite giving up, you know, considerable amount of points. And the Steelers offense actually came out looking pretty good early. Um, but the second half was kind of just the the death knell there. 20 to 10 did the Bengals outscore the Steelers in the second half. And uh, you know, really it was just the Bengals are without key playmakers and and you know they lost Mixon early in this game and chase wasn't in 
Yeah. And so they had Samaje P. Ryan get three touchdowns. P. Ryan. Uh, T. Higgins absolutely carved it up. They they have guys that now it's at a point where it's like, okay, they're not just like loaded with playmakers. They are. But even if they don't have those playmakers, Burrow is the guy now that yeah. can consistently just get over the top and yeah. elevate everyone around him, regardless of if he has his full um, disposal of weapons. So that, I mean, that was the takeaway of this one. Um, meanwhile, I'm still in Kenny Pickett making an opinion mode. I, I, I don't it's know time. enough. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, you have all yeah. the time in the world. I, I thought George Pickens thought... looked really good though. He, he yeah. made some really nice plays. Again, I think I think Pickett is in a tough spot. He's he doesn't have a very great offensive line. He doesn't have a great um you know, he's got a young roster that's talented. You know, Harris is a second year guy, Pickens is a rookie. Um defensively, uh the Steelers are I think a player or two away from getting back to the Steelers defense that we know them as. Um but I again, this to me says a ton about the Bengals. The Bengals I I really do believe in. And for them to find a way to grind out a divisional game, divisional games are really hard, especially in the AFC North. Um, to find road. a way to grind out a divisional win on the road, missing your two best offensive weapons, uh, you know, Chase, obviously, and then you mentioned Mixon early in the game went out. It's great. I, you, I love Joe Burrow. And I think Joe Burrow does stuff that that Herbert doesn't do in this way. Like, um, and I, maybe it's a culture thing, but again, it's the Bengals. It's not like they have a great culture, but um, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter whoever's in, he makes it work and he's up to that challenge. I mean, he is the only guy in the NFL besides Mahomes that I feel like has the it factor that Mahomes has like Allen, Josh Allen is as physical and he's incredible. Um, but I don't know if he has that it factor. Justin Herbert, physical, imposing. Interesting take. Physical, imposing, rocking arm. But I don't think he's got a great personality of like leader, like funny, charismatic, sarcastic a little bit, doing the podcasting yeah, stuff. Yeah. I think there's something, there's just something, there's a different it factor to Joe Burrow. It's I, the it's Joe a, Burrow sitting back with the cigar. Yeah. It's it, a Joe, you know, winning the national championship. That is, yeah. Josh Allen's like a, Josh Allen's infector is like a big kid and it's like in it's um infectious but it's different like Joe Burrow there is a that's that dude like and Patrick Mahomes has that now Burrow is not as arm talent as mobile as physical as as physically gifted as Mahomes so that's where Mahomes is the next level but I I really feel that way that Burrow is the only guy in the league that has that um and, and on a consistent basis that we've seen, I think there's some other guys that have shown flashes, but is it consistent? Uh, love the Bengals. I think it was a great win for them, even though it was high scoring. Uh, the Bengals defense showed up in the second half. Again, like this second half defense uh, really will really help them uh, let the offense crawl back into this game. And you're absolutely right to feel your way about, about Kenny. It, 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 this is a rookie season. You absolutely know that Kenny Pickett's your starter going to next year. You absolutely hope that they do a ton in the offseason to surround him with more to be successful or more to at least give you a fair assessment of what can this guy be. Yeah, next year will be very telling, uh, I imagine. But, you know, we've seen some good. We've seen a lot of bad. Um, so just, you know, hope to to continue to see some progression in that area. The commanders talked about it last week. Sticking with Taylor Heineke. And uh, he he 
All he does is win, baby. 23 to 10. Rivera said it Texans. So Houston's pretty much a shoe in now for the number one overall pick next year. I mean, it's going to be hard to, to find uh, yeah. them getting to three wins at this point. They're one, eight and one right now. Not a whole lot of takeaways out of this one. I'm surprised at how they've been able to iron out the running game uh, in, in Washington. Uh, Heineke has been able to unleash things within the offense that just Carson wasn't able to. And uh, they're just finding out they're, they're, they're competing. And that's a little bit different maybe than what it felt like earlier in the season. So good win for Washington. They're six and five too. So they yeah. are still, they're still in a, in a race for a playoff. No, you got to feel great. If you're Washington again, this was a huge, this was like obvious letdown spot. You knock off the Eagles Monday night football and the undefeated season. And so many people were riding the Texans talking about in the gambling world because of all those reasons uh, to at least cover. And what'd you do? You go in and you just take care of business. And um, there is something about the Taylor Heineke energy they found, I know Ron Rivera's, you know, was it his wife who got sick or so his mom just passed away. There was more like, feels like there's tragedy around know. this I team. I I think it's oh, Ron- you know what? It was his mom. It was his mom. Yeah. Cause I remember seeing a video. Um, yeah. yeah. And so like this team just, uh, they've rallied around him and, and, um, I would not be pumped if I was Washington starting next year with Taylor Heineke. Um, unless, I mean, a lot of the way the chips are going to fall. I don't think Taylor Heineke is you build around him type of guy, but I do think Taylor Heineke is the new version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, he's got an energy. He's got a, a style of play. Now he's got that XFL thing to him. He was rocking the chains. They showed on the plane back kind of like a cool Kirk cousins, um, I, they, they got, they have good energy going right now. And for Washington, what's their ceiling? I don't know. I, I don't think it's very high, but I do think now they're a team you don't necessarily want to play right now. They have, they're, they're, they're kind of putting things together and that defense is showing up a little bit. Uh, still not a Ron Rivera style, like, you know, thought of like top five defense, but, uh, Chase Young first came back, you know, and they took care of business in a massive letdown spot. That's huge. Yeah, they are limited, but they are finding ways now to scratch and claw, and that that can get you far in November and December, uh, no doubt about that. Overtime game now, Raiders at the Broncos, and the Broncos' woes continue. Meanwhile, Devontae Adams gets about as wide open as you will ever see in the NFL for the overtime touchdown. He absolutely carved them up. Seven catches, 141 yards, two touchdowns. Um, you know, it was hard not to see the Raiders pulling out this win, especially given kind of the emotional weight of Derek Carr, you know, really being very open at the mic last week. And even I didn't the love week that, before, by the way. yeah, he, he is certainly, you know, calling on guys and, you know, th- neither team looked good in this game, but yeah, the, Ra- the Raiders end up winning it at the end. So both teams are three and seven. Not remotely where, uh, you know, I saw these programs being at the beginning of the season, but this is where we're at, and uh, the Raiders get the OT win. Don't feel really great about either. I mean, there was sloppy play, and it was just kind of a, a weird game again uh, for the week. But, yeah, Ru- Russell and company still looking just things aren't going well in that Denver offense. But Nathaniel Hackett did turn over play-calling duties, so – there's that he's, he's at least taken on that um, accountability 
We'll see if it actually translates in the next couple weeks. What is weeks, the thing that doing at this point? He doesn't manage know. his own clock. He doesn't now call the plays. They are. I mean, he's a he dead puts man. Puts headsets walking. on. I mean, he's honest. He's got to be a dead man walking. I, I, I this yeah. is a. And Russell Wilson is to blame. Like I, there was that moment late in the fourth where he, that incompletion stopped the clock, gave the Raiders yes, more yeah. time. Russell Wilson has been terrible. Like I said at the beginning of the show. I don't know if there is a more, like, screwed franchise right now than than the Denver Broncos. You are absolutely tied to Russell Wilson, and he looks shot. He looks confused. Their storylines coming out midweek that they were that teammates. You, you have to make an appointment with someone to, to actually talk to Russ. Like the dude is just, I, I, I mean. And apparently, guys are apparently saying that he's using audibles from his time with the Seahawks. Yeah. Like, I and mean, so he's I, he's being confused with the offense. Yeah, it's, it's strange. A, it's, man. You are tied to a guy right now that is um, massively underperforming, has a gigantic contract, and is literally like killing his legacy. It's the we. It's I. I don't, we've never seen anything like it. And you have a head coach who seems inept and can't like break through and like get control of the locker room. They need a guy to come in there who is a bigger, like a bigger personality than Russ. Like they need someone who comes in there is like, no, 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 my team. Like they need like a Mike Vrabel or someone who could be like, smack the shit out of Russ or, or whoever you have to schedule appointments to see with Russ. And be like, what the <laughs> yeah. fuck? like, honestly, they need someone to come in there and be like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, what are we doing? Like that, I don't. I don't know what's how to fix the Denver Broncos. They are in a world of mess. I mean, they're in a world of pain. Like I don't. I don't know. And for the Raiders, it's not great, but it's got to feel great to beat the Broncos. Like they, they are oh, not yeah. in oh, nearly yeah. a worse space. The Broncos are in. The Raiders are just. They have no talent. That's the problem with the Raiders. Like their their previous regime left the cupboard not only bare. But like with mold and like like dangerous asbestos like showing in the house. So like, yeah. And I don't trust their coach right now either. But at least I he their offense moves the ball. Like at least they score points. Like so at least his part of the of the deal is not bad. Like it's not great, but it's not like what the hell are we doing? So two teams that are not in, in good standing. But um, I. I mean, the, the Broncos are my favorite thing in the NFL right now. Like, I have no idea what to do with them. I have no idea what they're going to look like. If I had, if you had a gun to my head, like, do something right now, I think you have to fire the coach, and you have to go in there and publicly, like, shame your quarterback a little bit. I think you need to publicly be like, we need to come back down to earth. We need to put a lot of distractions away. We need to... Uh, get this locker room uh, and and uh, more together because it it seems as though they have the opposite problem. Like you know, it's a little bit of the Jets. Like they have a quarterback who seems disconnected with everything going on. Only uh, this guy is is making so much money that it's it's rubbing people wrong. At least with the Jets, it's like yeah, we got an arrogant rookie. We can kind of maybe put him, you know, a second year guy. We can maybe put him in his place a little bit more. I don't know what you do with Russ. I really don't. I wonder if he was the shiny toy that they just couldn't resist because it doesn't appear that they did much homework. I mean, once you start hearing these stories and stuff, maybe that's a guy you stray away from despite his talent. Like, you, if you're trying to build a yeah. team and championship teams, you want someone that 
teammates uh, love to play with and for. And it doesn't well, seem we, like that's. I mean, none of us did our homework. I mean, Russell Wilson. We. I mean, yeah, but we don't have access that yeah. the teams do with the interviews and stuff like that. You know, every single person said that it was a win for Denver. I mean, I, I think there was multiple national hosts that picked Denver to not only make the playoffs but maybe win that division. Oh sure, yeah. People thought, wow, we're going to finally get to see Russ. Like you know, uh, and and it's uh it's been an d- absolute disaster. I mean, just disaster and. Uh, I would feel better. I would feel much better as a Raiders fan this morning than a Broncos fan, like much better. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. So the Cowboys go on the road at Minnesota. Oh, love the Vikings score a field goal in the first quarter and just never scored again. And then the Dallas Cowboys just kept scoring, including uh, Brett Maher, who couldn't miss from, uh, any distance he's funny had a 60 yard field goal 50 yard field goal and a couple others um but yeah they win very convincingly 40 to 3 dallas huge win like to actually inspire confidence in this team against a very good vikings unit um minnesota completely fallen flat i'm not gonna jump ship on them but this is the type of like situation that we're like they could easily get themselves into kirk did not play well and this is why you left him off of the, you know, first class of your Super Bowl playing because of their inability to show that they could win the big games. Or like this was like so non-competitive. It was embarrassing for Minnesota. I think this said more about them, unfortunately, than it did about Dallas. And I still think the Vikings are gonna easily win the division and maybe win a playoff game. But this is why we don't believe that they can make a deep run. It's a game like this. The Vikings will only have a chance to win the Super Bowl if every game they play is at noon and no one's watching. Yes, I mean, exactly. is that like stop, Vikings fans? I'm, I'm, I'm speaking. I'm just trying to speak to your heart. I'm not trying to be mean, but you're allowed to have all the confidence in the world you want. They're your team. I, I good for you, but it's not my job to convince you about the truth. The truth is. We know how this ends. Like we do, like we've seen it before. Like the definition of insanity is doing something over and over again, expecting different results. You are insane to try to convince me that the Vikings are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. This game was at 325. That's why they lost the game. Like that. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like that's it. They, that's they lost the game. It's not at noon. watching. That's not at noon. And they and literally the the Fox had to switch the broadcast. They went to another game because uh, it was that bad. I mean, there was no chance. And um, the I will just be honest. I don't have much more faith in the Cowboys because I I'm not I don't think of the Vikings in high regard. But the Cowboys I think just got themselves Odell Beckham Jr. and that's huge. I mean I I think the Cowboys that was a convincing enough win. Odell was tweeting about it. I he, I know he's been teasing his announcement post Thanksgiving. The the Cowboys right now, um, they've got to feel good. You you I I you'll see when we get to our Super Bowl plane. I have I have upgraded them a bit, and I do think that the Cowboys are in a position now to where if you're telling me on on you know November twenty first, Cowboys at Eagles NFC Championship game, uh, I, I I could see that I could see that this morning, um. If they if and they've had such a weird season, think of the roller coaster they've had. Dak gets injured. Should they go into tank mode? 
Do we have a quarterback controversy? Cooper Rush, that comes back, and they've done nothing but really kind of stack things together. You know, the blowout, the 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 they blew a big lead last week. They come out and they have a blowout. They've been on an emotional roller coaster. Um, and so I don't trust Dallas because of that, but I do think Dallas, this was a this was a the type of win that I feel like, okay. If they build off this, I could really see it and feel confident about that as a Cowboys fan. Uh, the Vikings, absolutely. I mean, again, Vikings will win the division. You said it. The Vikings will probably host a playoff game. If that game is the ESPN noon game, they will win it. Uh, if that game is at 7 o'clock or 3 o'clock or, uh, or at 1 o'clock, they will lose the game. I, I don't know how else to say it. They, 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 Kirk Cousins we know what he is and he absolutely shrinks and he, and when in games like this, he looks like the worst quarterback in the league because he's like when he, when they can't get anything going and he gets swallowed up like that, he, his immobility and his, and his, and his size, you start looking around and go like, what the hell is this guy doing? Like what? Like it, it's, it's a disaster. Um, he doesn't have the size. He doesn't have the, he doesn't, he, de- he can't even make, make a play then with his feet. So like, all right, let's get something going. Uh, it, that's how quickly it can unravel for the Vikings. That's why I don't trust them at all. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dallas needs to lean into Tony Pollard. Guy they went do. off. They <laughs> have, and, and that's what Dallas, again, remember when Dallas was 13-3, and three, Dak was a rookie. Like, that was, they ran the ball a ton. Yeah, they had yeah. big playmakers. And, and that's what Dallas, if they can especially get Odell Beckham, they're running the ball really well. They have big playmakers. There's no reason why Dallas can't kind of recreate that vibe. We'll go to the Sunday night game. This was a thrilling one. Uh, great Chiefs to watch. Win on a final, you know, fourth quarter comeback drive from Patrick Mahomes. It was vintage Mahomes, which we basically get every week. Travis Kelsey, three touchdowns, huge. 115 yards. He's on pace. Travis Kelsey is at age 33 to be to have career highs in every meaningful stat. Uh, it's it's unbelievable what he's done in uh in the last you know four or five years at the tight end position Mahomes is you know just otherworldly um and you know the Chargers getting flack now I uh wasn't able to watch this game live uh I work really early in the morning so I got to see the extended you know the 20 minute version of the highlights I'm failing to see the point where there is this controversy about Brandon Staley punting it to the Chiefs because I didn't see that part in the 20 minute um you know, synopsis. So I don't know if you saw that, but where like, they, I watched the whole second half. I don't know. Is it, where do they, there's talk? this thing about uh, uh, people are giving Staley grief because he was give he was saying, I was confident in our defense. Our defense had been stopping him and everyone's like, well, yeah, but you don't give it to Mahomes." And I'm seeing those over and over online memes and gifts about it. And so I was curious as like to when they, must have punted it away. Their last uh, punt was three plays. And where was that? at? Right. Because they scored a touchdown on the drive before giving up the, the final was touchdown. It so it must've, it may, it might've been, you know, at the end of the first half, perhaps I, I'm not well, sure. Like, they didn't punt at the end. The last, their last punt in the first half was, you know, in the second quarter, midway through the second, yeah, so I don't know if there was just a point uh, in the third quarter, perhaps, or just something where. Funny, I don't know what you're seeing online, but um, yeah, I um, 
Listen, I'll just say this, and 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 when I actually watch in the game, I, you, the the Kansas City Chiefs have done something we've never seen in NFL history before. Like we knew you didn't want, pay, you know, we knew like, oh well, Peyton Manning has the ball, you know, to drive to win the game, or Tom Brady has the ball to drive to win the game. Like that's a that is something, but this whole like you're not only battling. Mahomes and the Chiefs, you are battling the clock. Like you, you literally have to find a way to score to give yourself a tie or the lead with under 30 seconds. Like, I mean, that, yeah, uh, yeah. or or they have no timeouts. And I know you're gonna say, well, Mark, you did it with 13 seconds. Rem that is such revisionist history. The Bills blew that game. Like that defense was they they defensively blew that game. That's that was more on the Bills than it was Mahomes. But we are at a point now with Mahomes. If he has more than 30 seconds and at least one timeout or two, you you have all the confidence in the world that he will find a way to tie the game or 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 to win the game. And it is it's an incredible thing. Um what I loved about this game is that the Chargers. Oh, here it is. I'm seeing it, by the way. What is it? Go ahead, go for it. They punted midway through the third with five minutes to go, and it looks like it looks like it had to. Have, it was fourth and inches. Chargers were up twenty to sixteen, and they were at their own thirty-four yard line. They were at their own thirty-four, but they had inches to go to convert, and they decided to punt it. And they were up by four at that point. Uh, yeah, to your, your own your your own thirty-four. You have to punt it. Yeah, yeah. So See, I don't not, get but, the but they're beating up on him about it because they're saying, you know. I mean, yeah, the Chiefs went and scored a touchdown, but then you still took the lead. I don't get that is controversy. That was, yeah, they're late in the third, granted, but you're on your own 30. You're not in Chiefs. Yeah, it's a four-point game. Yeah, I, I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine with that. And you pinned them to the KC 14. I mean, like, you start, like, that was a, yeah. a good point. I will I say, we, we haven't seen them use – Justin Herbert sneaks very much with like dude, the dude's huge. He's six, six yeah. like, use in, in those situations. Like I'd be fine with like leaning on that a little bit yeah. more, but yeah, I mean, it's, that's not what lost them the football game. Oh no, no. I'll say this. I, I'll just say this. I think again, Mahomes is, is so different, so unique, so amazing, so amazing to watch, but Herbert and the chargers are the type of team that are uniquely built to beat the chiefs and, and it's weird, but you, you literally, in order to beat the chiefs, you have to have, I think three things you have to have enough of a defense that focuses specifically on a pass rush and the chargers when healthy, they do have that. You have to have at least one or two guys who are capable of just making a play Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, when healthy. And I would also agree Austin Eckler in there, like dump off to him just getting a first down, like making a play. And then you have to have a quarterback who's at least on his best day capable of being as good as Mahomes. And Herbert is one of the five or six other guys in the NFL to say on their best day, they are capable of being better than or just as good as Mahomes. Now, that's all of that. You have to have all of that, and then you need luck, like to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, like yeah. that, and, and that's just where – the Chiefs are at. I mean, the Chiefs to me are the Super Bowl favorites. Mahomes is the MVP. He's the best quarterback in the league. Uh, the Mahomes, the, the Chiefs were missing Juju Smith-Schuster. They weren't 100 percent for that game either, and they found a way to win a great, 
against a, a, a divisional game on the road and Mahomes was was terrific late. Like that's the Chiefs. That's what they do. Uh so big, big win for them. Chargers aren't dead yet for playoffs, but I they need they need Keenan Allen to now be back and they need to get Mike Williams back. And I know Bosa's nursing it. I think Bosa should come back at some point in time. I don't think he's done for the season, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I know the Slater, the tackle. Yeah, is. no, they. I think they expect him to come back. Um, so but, they need. You know, Al, Allen and Williams both played in this game, but Williams got hurt again. So yeah. they're. I, I think they're probably not going to have Williams down the stretch here. So that's well, you that's need to be Bosa here. back then, and you need to you, and and um um. Because Kyle Van Noy has, has been good for them, but like him being their kind of third, not their second with Mac, it, all of a sudden that defense gets their teeth back a little bit more. Um, so the Chargers could be that team that late, like when we're talking about week 17 all of a sudden, like it wouldn't shock me if we're talking about the Chargers, like I don't want to play the Chargers right now. But right now, as constructed, I, I don't see them making too much noise. Yeah, me neither. And and meanwhile, I, I'm so confident that the uh, the yeah. Chiefs are my Super Bowl pick, and they have been Absolutely. for a while. Like it's just, it, I, I don't see anyone being able to beat this team, uh, you know, in an environment like a playoff game as, as they stand right now. It's just been too much uh, from the Chiefs. All right, let's get to that Super Bowl plane. We haven't. It's been a couple weeks, so uh, let's yeah see what you got updated on there. For I got the um, well. Let's start with um, with the first class. It's the Chiefs and the Eagles. Um, they are in it from again same as last week. No changes to first class. Um, the Bills are, are are sniffing it. They're, they were in first class for a long time. The bathroom was busy up there, so they went back to the bathrooms at the back of the plane to use it, and they haven't been able to get back up. They were kind of playing, you know, with the drink cart a little bit. This win helped them. Um, but the Chiefs and the Eagles, uh, you know, those are the two teams right now that I feel confident about winning the Super Bowl. I think the Eagles, if they get the right opponent out of the AFC, could absolutely win. The Chiefs, I don't think it matters at all. They're absolutely the favorites, no matter no matter what. Um, business class for the Bills. Um, right now, in order for the Bills to get back into that first class, I got to see the Bills regain home, home field advantage. So we talked about the Bills. Can they stack these like four wins in a row, winnable games here now? That the Bills can get back in the driver's seat for home field advantage, I do feel good about them beating. They have a chance then to absolutely beat the Chiefs if they're playing that game in Buffalo. Uh, the other business class teams, Ravens, Dolphins, Cincy, Titans, Cowboys. So chunk of teams. And remember business class is teams that I can see making a conference championship. So in the NFC, it's really just the, the Cowboys right now and the Eagles. I, 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 I'm struggling the NFC to see any other teams making the NFC championship game for, um, for the AFC, there's a group of teams. If the Bills can't get back into home field advantage, I think there's a lot of teams that could kind of cannibalize each other. Ravens, Cincy, Dolphins, Titans, all of them play have huge flaws, but all of them have really great identities as well and could cannibalize each other to play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Can any of those teams right now beat the Chiefs if the game is an arrowhead? I think absolutely not. Um, then finally, economy. These are teams again that I feel poised to make the playoffs, and they would have to have a lot go right for them to make a larger push. The Niners are the leaders of this group. I want to see the Niners tonight in Mexico City against the against the Cardinals. I think the Niners should win. Cardinals don't look like they're going to be starting uh, Kyler Murray, so should be if they can if they can p 
pound, uh, beat up a divisional opponent without the starting quarterback, I'll feel much better about uh, moving the Niners up, and they could move up very quickly. Um, they could be first class within a two-week span here if they can, if they can write things because I absolutely think um, they're a Super Bowl caliber roster. Uh, the the other teams that would be the Bucks, Vikings, and then I'm gonna I move the two New York teams out. I put the Seahawks in. I think the Seahawks right now, we, we're looking at their schedule. They're going to be a playoff team. And the NFC is a mess, so they could easily win a game. And then uh, the Bucks and the Vikings right now, I think huge flaws. Um, the Vikings, I don't think I'll move them out of economy the rest of the year. So there you go. There we go. There we go. Some movement. I like it. Meanwhile, Wales uh, a little bit ago tied it, tied it up. So, yeah, it's been 1-1 full time. So, that's, so. that's it. It's a, it ends in a draw. It ends. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. It ends in the draw. So, so uh, take back what I said uh, an hour ago at the beginning of the show. Yeah. yeah. Hey, and whoever wins the, uh, out of this group, uh, they're probably going to end up having to take on the Netherlands at some point. And that's, uh, that's kind of scary. Cause they, that seems yeah. like, uh, quite the group. So yeah. Yeah. Some world cup stuff here to end your, uh, end your day with the football chatter. So yeah, that is our week 11 recap. Uh, we'll be back next week with week 12 and an updated Super Bowl play and all that fun stuff. But uh, until next week, uh, just have a great Thanksgiving, everyone. Hope you all enjoy with your friends and family. Uh, we had ours yesterday, so I got a bunch of turkey in the fridge we're going to get to. Ah, uh, nice. Um, yeah, got, got ahead of it already. So looking forward to that. But yeah, enjoy the holidays, everyone. And we will see you back here next week. Mm-hmm.